This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, whenever I have the opportunity to preach on the book of the prophet Jonah, I take it. For Jonah is one of the shortest books in the Bible and one of the most fascinating and spiritually rewarding. You can easily read through it in one sitting, and I recommend you do so. Maybe you've, you, know, you know roughly the story of Jonah or you've heard excerpts from it. Sit down sometime today or this week and read through it. You can do it in about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. It's always surprising, funny, puzzling, colorful, as I say, spiritually rewarding. We have a brief passage today, it's our first reading for Mass, which conflates uh, some elements from different parts of the book of Jonah. So it might be good to look again at the whole story so we understand what's going on here. We hear that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, commanding him to preach repentance to the city of Nineveh. Now, several principles are at work here already. Biblical heroes are always summoned. They're always in the passive voice. Paul refers to himself as the one who's called. Biblical heroes don't make up their own minds. They don't act according to their own designs. They don't say, don't tread on me, it's my project. That's just not a biblical perspective. Rather, they're always called by a higher will. Remember Paul says in Ephesians, there's a power already at work in you that can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. Now see, that's the biblical mind. There's a power, the Holy Spirit. It's already at work in you, and it can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. What did John Lennon say? Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. There's something biblical in that line. You're making your plans, but life, capital L, is happening to you behind your own back because a power already at work in you can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. And more to it, friends, biblical heroes are never just called in some generic way. They're summoned to do some particular work. One of my great heroes, John Henry Newman, composed a famous prayer in which he said, Lord, you've made me for some definite service. I may not know it in this life, though I will in the next. That's part of the prayer, but I always love that. And that opening phrase, Lord, you've made me for some definite service. Oh, I just want to serve the Lord. Well, okay, but there's a particular way he wants you to serve him. And the whole drama and fun and excitement of life is discovering that and living it out. 
we could say generically the divine call is always to be a bearer of grace to the world. I mean, that's certainly true. But God made you and me for some definite purpose. Now, in Jonah's case, it was to announce repentance to Nineveh. Mind you, it seems like a kind of negative message, but whatever comes from God is finally positive. Jonah is calling this great city to turn back to the Lord. Now, at this point, we reach one of the hinges of the narrative. For we hear that Jonah refused his call, fleeing as far as he could from Nineveh. He hops a ship and sails west, away from his call. From a biblical perspective, this is the central tragedy of human life. The tragedy is not failing to achieve worldly success or fame or money or power, all the things that we use to measure people's lives. It doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't care about that. What it cares about is, did you follow God's call or not? That's why Léon Blois could say, there's only one real sadness in life, not to be a saint. There's a line that changed Jacques Maritain's whole life. It could change your life, too, if you let it sink in. There's only one real sadness in life, not to be a saint. What happens as a result of Jonah's choice is that his ship, on which he was trying to escape, is met with disaster, a great storm at sea that threatens him and everyone else on the ship. Spiritual lesson is simple but powerful. The refusal of the divine mission means trouble, both for the one who refuses and for those around him. That's one of the keys to life, I think. Where struggle and happiness come from, often it's a refusal of doing what God wants you to do. So Jonah's shipmates discover that he's the reason for their peril, and they throw him overboard. And then the most famous detail from the story, he's swallowed by a great fish. Now, friends, please don't worry about uh, this as a literal story. It's a, it's a legend. It's a legend with a theological purpose. Don't worry about how is this possible and how did he, how did he really live inside the, the belly of a fish. We're dealing here with a uh, metaphorical story, but one of enormous power. Jonah thought he could escape from the press of God. That was the whole point of, of sailing away from his call. But God is everywhere. As the Baltimore Catechism said, taught some older people, maybe some listening to me right now, and they remember that question from the Baltimore Catechism. Where is God? Answer, everywhere. That's a good question and a good answer. God's everywhere. Therefore, you can't escape from God. Thomas Aquinas says God is in all things by essence, presence, and power. His more academically precise way of saying the same thing. God is everywhere. God's in all things. The psalmist said, Lord, where can I run from your love? If I climb to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the sea's furthest end, even there your right hand holds me up. See, that's what Jonah was trying to do. Go to the sea's furthest end. He's taken a ship to Tarshish. That meant Spain. It meant, it meant Timbuktu for ancient biblical people, the end of the world. There's no point, though. You can't escape from God. The point, don't resist your call, just causes trouble, and it's finally fruitless. 
But a second lesson from the um, the fish. That fish's interior <laughs> provided, of course, very little room for maneuver. And that's the point. Jonah's will that was running the wrong way is swallowed up and contextualized within a greater will. Now that can feel like imprisonment, I know, and that's the whole point of the symbol of the fish here, swallowing him up. It can feel like imprisonment. But in fact what's happening is your errant will is being drawn into the power of a greater will. Where's the fish take him? Exactly where God wants him to be. See, there's the purpose of this. The fish vomits him out on the shore now in the vicinity of Nineveh. He takes him just where he wants him to go. Friend, we do a whole sermon just on this point, but sometimes the worst experiences in life are bringing you exactly where God wants you to be. Again, we could we could spend we should spend a lot more time with that. But sometimes the worst experiences. Jonah, read the famous prayer from the belly of the fish. This prayer, de profundis, right from the depths, from the depths of his depression, his anxiety, he prays. Sometimes the worst experiences in life are taking you where God wants you to be. Now it's at this point in the story that our first reading for today picks up. Jonah makes his way to Nineveh, which is described as an enormously large city, taking three days to walk through it. Certainly a bit of exaggeration. It wouldn't take you that long to walk through Chicago or New York. But still, they're making the point that it was a very big city. In other words, Jonah has a very daunting task in front of him. To go through this huge place with a very unwelcome message. Right, which is repent. Imagine now if you're given the call, walk through Chicago, the whole city, and call them to repentance. <laughs> well, good luck with that, you know. Walk through New York, and your job is to bring all of New York to repentance. Overwhelming. Thomas Merton said, when you're facing a choice and you're wondering which option is God's will, rest assured the harder of the two is what God wants you to do. Again, it's not because God's being difficult. It's because God's always calling us out of ourselves. And that means self-sacrifice. God's always calling you to a path of greater love. That beautiful Ignatian principle, the semper maior principle, always more, always greater. Ad maiorem dei gloriam is the Jesuit motto. To the greater glory of God. Semper maior. God wants us to be great saints. And again, this has not a thing to do with worldly greatness. I mean, who cares? As Mother Teresa said, following the little flower, we're called to do the simplest things, but with great love. And see, that's what your sanctity consists in. Well, after only one day of preaching, we hear the entire city of Nineveh repented, putting on sackcloth, proclaiming a fast. (laughs) See, a first point here is, Do we have any idea of how much power is unleashed when we follow the will of God? The slightest cooperation with God's grace can provoke a massive spiritual change. Go convert Chicago. Well, okay. If you cooperate, even in a mild way with God's will, you'll be amazed 
how much energy and power are unleashed. At this point, our story, which is already full of twists and turns, that's what makes it fun to read, takes a final and unexpected twist. Jonah, who was waiting expectantly for the judgment of God to fall on Nineveh, so he's preaching judgment, is deeply disappointed when God decides to have mercy on Nineveh. So because of their repentance, God uh, goes back and says, okay, I'm not going to destroy the city. But as a result of this, Jonah, who's finally gotten it together and finally did his task, sulks on a hillside outside the city, disappointed that God's not going to destroy Nineveh. Final point here in the story, one of the pitfalls of discipleship is self-righteousness, is a feeling of moral superiority. Our purpose is always, always, always to channel the divine grace into the world. Therefore, the one thing we should never feel is let down when that grace appears. I mean, if by your preaching people are brought to repentance, rejoice in it. Don't sulk up on the hillside saying, oh, well, you know, I wish God had destroyed them after all. No, no, your purpose is always to bring joy, life, grace to the world. So, what's God calling you to do right now? Everybody listen to me. What's God calling you to? Jonah hemmed and hawed and balked, but finally responded. Unleashing thereby an enormous reserve of God's grace, power, energy into the world. What's the Nineveh God's calling you to? What's the task God's given to you? What's the definite service you've been created to perform? That's the only question really worth answering. And once you find out, then do it. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.